everyone. Welcome to another episode of For Light and Life. I'm your host, Lucy, and today we have tons of special things that I'm actually really excited about. For a while there, I didn't think I was going to get any questions, so I came up with a different idea instead of an asking anything. But then you did send questions, so that's going to be really fun to answer. But not only do we have a Q&A, multiple voicemails, and the usual fanfiction drabble, we also have a very, very special first for this podcast. Our very first guest interview who is not related to me. I can't wait for this Halloween spooktacular. Thank you to everyone who sent questions and voicemails and was interviewed and helped make this episode even possible. But of course, I have my usual little announcement before we get to the good stuff. If you're here hoping to hear my thoughts on the recently released Tales of the Jedi miniseries, don't worry, that's actually happening next episode. I'll do a full review of it, and it'll be super fun. Anyway, let's get started. To start things off with a bang, we have something I've been looking forward to for a very long time. It's our first interview with someone who isn't my brother. You were great, Henry, but surely you understand the significance of this. Now, I met this person through Empire Radio's podcast not too long ago. You've heard her send voicemails, and she is awesome. I'm very excited to present to you my interview with Addie. Hi, Addie. Hi. It's very exciting to be interviewing you after talking with you online for a while. Yes. <laughs> all right. So I have a few questions for you. So all first right. of all, how and when did you start being interested in Star Wars? Well, I... I got started in Star Wars like almost any girl who likes Star Wars nowadays. I got it from my dad. <laughs> I think I was five when I watched A New Hope with him, but I don't really quite remember. But my fandom didn't really quite start there. It kind of started uh, back when Mando came out. That's really when it came. That That's when I started to love it. We would just... Um, when it came out, every Friday night was Mando night, and me and my dad would just sit in our living room or in our den, and we would just geek out about all the fun stuff that was going on, <laughs> uh, all the cool ships, all the fights and whatnot. Um, but that was like semi-fan, but now um, I think my true, like, I am a huge Star Wars fan started when Bad Batch came out, actually. Uh, uh, to tell you the truth, I was not interested with the show when it first came out. <laughs> but um, my dad was watching it one day. It was episode nine. And I just walk in to see him watching the part where Omega's just running to um, the flight pods. And I was like, okay, this show's interesting. So I just sat down and watched the rest of the episode with him. And I just fell in love. And then when I came back after my um, yearly summer spent with my grandparents, we watched the whole series over, and that's what clicked. And then I was Omega for Halloween that um, that year, and I spent two straight months working on my accent. And after that, so on and so on, I started the first script that I wrote. That is not the one that you and Drew and Jeremiah have read today. 
that one was way worse. So I ditched it and started on the one that you have right now. And that's pretty much it. It's a very familiar story for me. <laughs> yeah, so you said that you started really getting into Star Wars um, when the Bad Batch came out. So I know, like, you also like Ahsoka and Clone Wars and all that. Did you go back and watch that after the Bad Batch? Or yes. did you just realize how great it was after? <laughs> well, I did go back and watch it. And yeah, I definitely understand a little bit more of what the Bad Batch is after watching that. And every time I hear like the Bad Batch theme song, I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, speaking of Ahsoka and Omega and all these great characters, what character do you think has one of the best storylines and development? Oh, that's a hard one. I have two. Can I say two Absolutely, or just yeah. one um i would say omega and kanan jarris i am very curious with kanan's story like how we first see him and bad batch and a, i think one episode in clone wars and then it just goes on into rebels and his relationship with ezra and uh hera and whatnot and then omega's story is um kind of memorable to me because there's so much we've got left to learn which is what I'm hoping for in season two but just like the fact that she spent almost her whole life looking for her brothers and then to find them is just memorable totally do you have any like hopes for what's going to happen with Omega and all that in the second season of Bad Batch I want her to meet Boba like so oh. bad <laughs> Like, I want interaction with um, them and, like, finding their vet backstory. Yeah, do you think if they do meet up, how is that, like, relationship going to start off? Are they going to love each other immediately? Or are they just going to, like, have that sibling rivalry for a while? I honestly don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe we could start off with a, like, a little bit of rivalry and then work our way up to, like, okay, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> as it often does work <laughs> well moving right along who is someone in real life who's been a big part of your star wars journey um i'd say probably my dad or um my taekwondo instructors mr and mrs pomisano and mr richards um they are huge star wars fans and have um been talking to me a lot about it during like classes and whatnot. Um, funny story, um, during spring, my Taekwondo instructors, Mr. and Mrs. Pomisano went to Florida for a tournament, I believe. And they also went to Disney and Galaxy's Edge. And when they came back, they gave me this cute little pin that says join the resistance on it. And it just oh. meant so much to me. And like, of course, my dad brought me into it. So of course he's a huge part of it, but I'm glad to be passing down my force powers to my little brother, Oliver. Oh. <laughs> yeah. With that, like, older sibling structure, like, I know my little brother, Henry, he, I would say I'm more of a Star Wars fan than he is, but I sort of, like, encourage him, I would say. Like, oh, Henry, you have to come watch the latest Andor episode, and let's go and look at these, like, 
cool new Star Wars posters and things. <laughs> do you like encourage that with Oliver as well? Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll be like, hey, bud, do you want to watch the Clone Wars with me? Or uh, Frame Raiders? And they're like, yeah. And we sit on the couch, eat popcorn, and just it's a great bonding time. And I, I, I love it. Absolutely. That's Star Wars, you know, for me, it is like such a bonding and community creating franchise. And have you experienced a lot of that outside just your family bringing people together through Star Wars? Yes, actually, I have. Um, I have a lot of friends in my Taekwondo classes and choir and these teen dances that I go to once a month that have just connected me with so many people that I will be probably friends with for the rest of my life. Oh. (laughs) Okay, well, we've talked about all this positivity, which we all love, of course. (laughs) But what is one thing that you dislike about Star Wars? I'm very curious. That is really hard. Um, Like, I do have some characters I dislike, aka Pong, Krell, Tarkin, and Cad Bane, and, like, whatnot. Ooh. And, but, um, honestly, I do have one thing. Their release dates are not the best, and how they keep delaying stuff. That is, uh, something that's bad for me. (laughs) Yeah, I was so disappointed when, like, the Bad Batch was delayed till January. I mean, you've kept us waiting for long enough. Some of us just need to find out, like, what happens to Omega and if she meets Boba Fett. Come on. Yes! <laughs> well, back to the positive side, because, you know me, we can't stay down in the dumps for very long. Out of, like, all the real-life people who have ever been involved in Star Wars, like, actors, producers, all those people, which one would you most want to meet? Dee Bradley Baker and Michelle Ang, hands down, yes. 100%. Oh, yeah, I really want to meet Dee Bradley Baker, too. Do you have any, like, requests that you'd want them to do? Like, for me, I think I might have said this on the podcast, but I would love it if, like, Dee Bradley Baker just, like, recorded some of my fanfiction lines from clones so I can stop trying to butcher a New Zealand accent all the time. (laughs) Do you have anything like that? I don't think I do. I just really want to meet him because people say he's a really nice guy, so. Yeah. Well... What do you hope for in the future of Star Wars? As I said, I would like to get um, to know Omega a little bit more, probably see her with Boba, but I really want a live action Canon Jarrus. Like, oh. so bad. <laughs> yeah, that would be so interesting. Do you have any, like, certain people you'd want to be in the cast, or just anyone? You'll take anyone playing Canon. Just anyone, as long as they make it look good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we've talked a lot about Star Wars. So I want to, of course, because For Light and Life is about Star Wars and general stuff. So to focus more on that general stuff, <laughs> what's something that just makes you frustrated? Not being able to do something right. Like, if I mess something up, I just try to correct it. But if I can't correct it, it's just messes me up a little bit (laughs) me too do you have any like memorable instances of like when you just have that horrible feeling that you're haven't done something right because i know i have several (laughs) i actually don't remember 
Dang it. I don't remember. That's okay. Um, but again, back to happiness. <laughs> what is something that brings you joy? Helping people out. Like, either it's if it's at home, helping my sister Embry with math, or at my Taekwondo school, helping out a new black belt learn a move or something. Aww. It's just helping someone out always brings me joy, and it's something I want to do for the rest of my life. That is amazing. <laughs> And finally, to wrap this up here, what is something that you wish more people knew about you? Mm, that's hard. I don't really have anything because when I meet people, I just like tell them all the deep stuff sometimes. <laughs> um, maybe just, I'm not sure what I want to be when I grow up, but what I really want to do is I want to help people out either in the medical field or charity work. I just want to be there for someone and make them or let them know that they're loved and they're being cared for. Oh, that is so special. The world needs more people like you just helping other people out. <laughs> well, this interview has been so fun. I'm so glad we got to talk and I got to learn a little more about you. Any final thoughts for all the listeners out there? Um just this was really fun and i'm so glad that i was able to do this uh you and drew and jeremiah have been great supporters with my script and whatnot it just means so much to me thank you well thank you so much for being here and hopefully i can talk to you again sometime yes i i love that bye bye well, that was really fun. You did such a good job, Addy. You're a natural. Thank you so much. I'm sure I'll have more interviews at some point in the future, so stay tuned for those. I love to see what other people think about things and look from their perspectives. I'm also not in any way a natural at interviewing people, so I need the practice. Thanks for putting up with all my fumbles that were cut out in editing, Addy. I really appreciate you. Now, like I said earlier, we actually did get several questions, I believe nine, which was more than I thought I would get a couple days ago. This episode is packed with listener interactions, and I can't wait to answer these questions, so let's get into it. The very first question I got, actually, was on my Spotify Q&A section, so I will answer that first. The question is, pancakes or waffles? And judging by the X emoji next to the pancakes and the checkmark emoji next to the waffles, I think I know what the individual wants me to say. I will say that it depends on the brand, depends on what it's made with, how it's made, that sort of thing. And I will also say that neither would be my ideal breakfast. I'm a much bigger fan of savory than I am of sweet foods. But that being said, I generally like pancakes more. And I know that you're shouting about the syrup pockets in the waffles right now. Believe me, I can hear it in my mind. And that is a valid reason to like waffles. And I do like waffles somewhat. But for reasons unexplained by science, I just like pancakes more. I have spoken. You probably weren't expecting me to take that question so seriously, but that's how I roll. And thanks for the question. Next, I have another three questions from Jeremiah from Empire Radio, which was really nice. The first one is, what are your favorite pizza toppings, and do you prefer your toppings to be on top of the cheese or below the cheese? I'm going to start by saying that I don't understand why someone would want toppings to be below the cheese layer. That's just not... 
I don't get it. So, above the cheese. Toppings definitely depend on which pizza place it is. For some, I just stick with pepperoni. For others, I like prosciutto and mushrooms and basil or figs and prosciutto, various sausages and artichokes and stuff like that. If you couldn't tell, I like meat, especially on pizza. I'm not a big cheese pizza person. I prefer more toppings. Next, what do I want to be when I grow up? Well, of course, I don't have it completely figured out, and I wouldn't be surprised if I'd end up doing something completely different. But I do have some thoughts. I would love to be an author for, like, fiction novels, really. Or an actress, especially a voice actress. I think my voice is one of my strong suits, which is how I ended up talking to you right now. I would do well in a career where I could be creative and sort of be in charge of what sort of things I do and how often I do them. I value that sort of freedom. I doubt I'll ever end up as a politician, not because I don't think I'm a leader or because I don't have anything to say, but because I hate politics and trying to get people's votes and sacrificing what you believe for what will make you popular. I absolutely despise that sort of popularity contest with a deep, deep, dark, embedded into my soul hatred, and I'm not even being dramatic this time. One time in history class, we did this role-playing thing where we made choices to approve or disagree with things like different tax proposals um, and to stay, quote-unquote, in office, we had to get a certain amount of correct answers based off the people we we're representing. I got kicked out of office because I refused to approve a proposal that looked appealing to those people but was made by someone who would just say anything to get votes and didn't actually care at all because that went completely against my moral compass, so I stopped trying to listen to my group of farmers and I went rogue. That was a long story. I am going to get back on topic. Anyway, I could be a lawyer or an activist or something like that because I do care a lot about justice and standing up for people. I could also be a teacher or a counselor. Finally, we have the deepest question of all. Would I rather fight one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? This is hilarious, but I'm taking it seriously. I would hands down choose one horse-sized duck because it's always good to have one enemy to focus on so you can't get distracted by lots of little ones. Sure, ducks can fly and they have beaks and feet and wings, but the horses have big hooves and they can go really fast and bite and headbutt you. I mean, ideally, I'd be fighting the horse-sized duck in a place with lots of pillars or something to hide behind. Actually, on second thought, I might want the 100 duck-sized horses. It just occurred to me that if there is a tree wherever we're fighting, I can just climb the tree and hang out there for a while because horses can't climb or fly. I guess they could headbutt the tree, though, and make it fall over. Well, in summary, I guess it depends on the location and the geographical features. But thanks for the questions, Jeremiah. Our next two series of inquiries are in voicemails, so we might as well play the transition track and officially begin voicemail time. First up is a set from Retta, and she mentions that this is her second voicemail of the week, which it is, but I'm playing the ones with questions first, so that's what that's about. Hi Lucy, this is Retta again with the second voicemail. Um, just calling in, you asked us to send in questions, um, and I have three that I think would be cool to get uh, your answers to. 
So first would be, who is your favorite superhero? Uh, second would be, what is your favorite non-Star Wars book? So I know you've talked a lot about uh, the Star Wars books and on like ranking episodes and stuff, but a book that's not anything to do with Star Wars. Um, and then third, what is your favorite Drabble that you've written for the show? I think my personal favorite would probably be the Not Even a Jedi, but I've really enjoyed all of them. And I'm like, that's one of my favorite parts of your episodes. So uh, thanks for all you do. Look forward to your future episodes and your Ask Me Anything episode. Have a great day. May the Force be with you. Thank you for sending this, Retta. I always look forward to your voicemails, and I will answer these to the best of my ability. First, my favorite superhero. This is actually the first time I have ever been asked this. I only got into Marvel over the summer, and I haven't really been into superhero things previously, but I would consider myself a reasonably big fan now, though I haven't read the comics or DC or anything like that. And I won't give any spoilers here if you haven't seen Marvel, so you can rest assured with that. The problem is, Marvel has so many villains and anti-heroes that I love, but if we're going strictly heroes, then it's pretty close between Natasha Romanoff and Captain Marvel. I think both of them are really cool, and they're great empowering female characters, and their stories are so interesting, too. I love both their standalone movies. But I also really like Vision and how he just has this moral compass and his personality is interesting too. I hope we see more of him. Now, if it was favorite characters, then Wanda Maximoff would definitely be up there. I'm actually dressing up as her for Halloween tomorrow. That's how much I love her. But she is really more in the villains and anti-heroes category. When she was working with the Avengers, she might have been one of my favorite heroes. But that time has passed. And Loki and Sylvie and plenty of other characters are great too, and I haven't even completely caught up on Marvel, so there are plenty of ones left to discover. Hopefully that's a satisfactory answer for you. Moving on, you asked my favorite non-Star Wars book, and seeing as I've been an avid reader for basically my whole life, this is tricky. I'll have to go with a top five, and it's already hard enough to narrow it down that far, but it's the best I can do right now. So, the Keeper of the Lost Cities fantasy book series by Shannon Messenger is a popular one that I really like. The ninth book, technically 10th, is coming out on November 8th, which is very exciting. I also love the Wings of Fire books by Tweety Sutherland, which are also fantasy. And that's probably my favorite book series, possibly, of all time, including Star Wars books. I also recently read Six Crimson Cranes, also fantasy, how shocking, by Elizabeth Lim, which has a lot of East Asian folklore and culture in it, and being half Chinese myself, I really appreciated this. But Across the Desert by Dusty Bowling, hey, it's survival slash realistic fiction this time instead of fantasy. That one's also really good, and the main character has an online friend named Addie, which I thought was humorously coincidental. Finally, I just finished reading Children of the Fox, which is sort of a mix between fantasy and sci-fi, by Kevin Sands, which is a great heist novel. And these books are all middle-grade books, because those are the books I read. Well, that was a long-winded answer, so this final one will be shorter. 
After all, there are only seven possible answers to what my favorite Drabble is, which definitely helps. I would actually say that my favorite is also not even a Jedi. It helps that you requested that I write it, which gave me a purpose and not just trying to come up with ideas. I like the characters. I think it feels like a more put-together piece than some of my other ones. But I also like my most recent Drabble, Fire, and also the very first Drabble I ever wrote, which was worth it. Hopefully, they're going to keep getting better and better the more I practice, but I guess we'll have to see when we get to Drabble time. And finally, we have some queries from a first-time voicemail sender, Tammy. Hi, Lucy. It's Tammy. I have two questions for you for your Q&A podcast episode, if it's not too late. Question one. What order should we watch the Star Wars television shows in? There are so many. um, I don't even know how many there are, and I'm interested in hearing your thoughts on that. Question two. Do you think the movies should be watched in chronological order or in the order of their release dates? Thanks. I look forward to your answers. May the force be with you. Welcome to the show, first of all. Thank you for all the support. It really means a lot to me. Okay, what order to watch the TV shows in? I'm going to stick with the most common ones, so not the shorts or vintage shows or the Lego shows. And I would definitely say to watch all the movies first. I think it might be best to watch them in this order. First, Clone Wars. Then Rebels. Tales of the Jedi. The Bad Batch. The Mandalorian. The Book of Boba Fett. Kenobi. Then Andor. There's also Visions, but it really doesn't matter where you watch that in comparison with the other shows. Because it has very little to no interaction with them. Kenobi and Andor are also technically fine to watch in any order, but I would definitely say that you should watch Clone Wars before anything else, since so many of the shows have characters from it and just generally wouldn't make sense without it. And this ranking is similar to the order of release date, just tweaked a tiny little bit. As for the order to watch the movies in, I think new fans should absolutely watch in order of release date, it would make the most sense. Things would have greater meaning, and it would generally just play out the way the creators originally intended it to. I mean, if you just like to watch things chronologically in general, that's fine too. I just think it won't be the fullest experience of Star Wars. I watched it in order of release date, most people do, and I think that is the best way to go. Of course, some things like Marvel are much better when experienced in chronological order, But that's a different question. That is all the questions we have, but we do have one final voicemail from Retta. Hey Lucy, this is Retta, Um, just coming at you with a voicemail regarding your most recent episode about representation in sci-fi. And I wanted to mention one of the things that meant the most to me was in Book of Boba Fett, uh, when we got the character named Drash, who had the robotic arm. Um, and even though she's not a very major character, she has very few lines, um, she meant a lot to me because she's got the robot part. Um, as a type 1 diabetic, I've got basically a robotic pancreas, uh, which is my insulin pump and my continuous glucose monitor. So seeing somebody on screen that was like 
my age kind of looked like me, who was proudly out wearing robot parts, really just meant a lot to me. And I like, yes, we just need more diversity all around the board, racial diversity, disability diversity, diversity, all of that. So thanks for your episode highlighting all of that and uh, looking forward to what you produce in the future. Thank you for sending this and thank you for bringing this up. I love hearing about you and the connections you have with different things. It's always a really cool part of the episode when you send these. And I absolutely agree with everything you said. Drash is really cool. You made an excellent point about showing her robotic arm to the world and not trying to hide that part of herself. And I'm really glad Star Wars is starting to bring out diversity in even more ways now. In my episode, I did focus more on racial and gender inclusivity because that was just the first thing that came to my mind, which also goes to show how disability awareness doesn't get as much attention and recognition as it should, not nearly enough. And I'm really glad to hear about how you can relate to Drash. It opens up new perspective for me, and I'm sure for some of the other listeners. And I will definitely keep more of an eye out for underlooked topics like these for future episodes, and I really appreciate you sharing. Thank you all for the voicemails and questions, and we now enter the final stage of our Halloween spooktacular, Drabble time. If you are unfamiliar with this term, a drabble is a little story exactly 100 words long. Every episode, I read a fanfiction drabble I wrote, and every episode, I procrastinate until the last possible minute to write it, and this week is no different. Full warning. If you have not watched Rebels up to Season 4, Episode 11, and you do not want spoilers, turn back now. Pause the episode here and go watch Rebels. You will not like what happens if you don't. You'll just be spoiled, but I'll use Halloween as my excuse for the drama. Anyway, if you're sticking around, this drabble takes place in Rebels Season 4, Episode 11, and it's called Doom. Let's listen. Ezra sat with his knees curled to his chest, his arms wrapped around himself as tight as he could. Maybe, if he squeezed hard enough, this aching, empty feeling inside would suffocate and crumble down to ashes. Maybe, if he sat long enough, he would wake up and find the past day had all been just a nightmare. Maybe, if he wished with all his power, Kanan would come back. Ezra felt someone leaning over him, soaked in a warm presence he thought he would never feel again. A wave of hope broke over him. He lifted his head. Kanan? Well, my friends, that is what happens when you procrastinate. You end up just adding more description to an existing scene from an existing show. But in all fairness, I actually do really like this one. At this point, Rebels is my go-to Drabble prompt, and I'm not complaining about that one bit. This is the scene where Kanan sort of visits Ezra from beyond the grave through a loathwolf named Doom after Kanan's former last name. Yeah, it confuses me too, just a little bit. <laughs> I don't know how it all works, but somehow Kanan's spirit sort of lives on the form of this huge loathwolf. It comes back and talks to sad Ezra in this one scene, which is what would have happened right after this job leaves off. 
Now, this feels like a very wacky note to end the episode on, but hopefully you had a lot of fun tuning in this week. This was one of the most fun episodes to produce in a while, and huge thanks to everyone who participated and everyone who's listening now. If you want to know how you can send in questions and voicemails and emails of your own, this next bit is for you. You can send me a message to my fan email, which is forlightknife.podcast at gmail.com, all lowercase, no spaces. This is great if you have something you want to tell me, but for whatever reason, you can't send in a voicemail. Of course, you can always send in a voicemail. I'd love to hear from you. There's a link in the description for that. And as long as it is family-friendly, and unless you tell me not to play it, then I will play it on the show. Please leave a rating and review wherever you listen. This helps new people come over and find the podcast. And go ahead and follow the show so you don't miss any episodes if you like this sort of stuff. And finally, please share the show with your community so our community can grow. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I'm Lucy, and let's look for the light and life in our worlds together. <laughs>